0: Welcome, guys, back to my podcast. Today, I have a very, very special guest with me today. The one, the only, Mr. Clean. That's me, Mr. Clean.
1: No, just kidding. His name is Joseph Herrera. But most of the people call me Mr. Clean because I'm a bald man. And all the young people at church call me Mr. Clean, and I'm okay with it. Okay.
0: So, before we get into this, I want to pray to get into it. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Father Lord. Thank you for another day of life, Father. Thank you for letting us be here today, Father Lord. Spreading your word, Father Lord. May anyone who's hearing this, Father Lord, get us in the other way, Father Lord. May you touch their hearts, Father Lord, so they can turn away from their sins, Father Lord. Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. Amen. So, something... When I first started this, you were one of the first persons that popped up into my head about doing an interview. That's because you have a... A good testimony in this background story and how you led to God how you right. turned to God do you want to explain a little bit about that?
1: Sure uh, thank you so much for having me. Hello to everyone uh, so yeah my my testimony um, as the young people say, goes hard. Uh, I was brought up as a Jehovah witness, a very devout Jehovah witness. Uh, we weren't allowed to say the pledge of allegiance in school we weren't allowed to stand for the national anthems at sporting events um no birthdays no christmas no thanksgiving no nothing we we, it was a very strict household um my father was involved he would give what they call talks which are sermons he was an elder of the church so he was one of the heads of the of their congregation is what they call their church and uh he ended up leaving and getting my mom and he got divorced and left and and very quickly after I was kind of overtaken with what I now know to be anger and rebelled, rebelled hard and and, uh, just kind of fell into the world um, and anything and everything that it offers, you know, lust and sex outside of marriage from a very young age, uh, drinking and drugs and smoking and marijuana and cocaine and and party and lifestyle. All, all this happened when I was a freshman in high school and I was probably up just around 15 years old. Um, so I was embracing the world and the streets and uh, hung, hung around a lot of gang members and never joined a gang but always hung around different gangs uh, and ended up starting to and getting involved with selling drugs and and still kind of the party and the lifestyle and, and drug, sex and rock and roll was, was how I described it. That's, you know, it's what I was about. It was my lifestyle. I was about that life, right? It wasn't just talking about it. It was violence and anger and fighting for fun and stealing and robbing and just, just sin on top of sin on top of sin and and okay with it right I was I was okay with it I I was fine being that person Um, then one night in the rage and the fit and just the another night in my life I almost overdosed on cocaine and they had to call the ambulance and take me away from the party because there was so much illegal activity going on at the house and uh, I'll never forget the paramedic told my friend he's he's done enough cocaine to kill a, a, a horse. And and I really thought I was going, I really thought I was dying. I could feel my heart palpating and, and beating very rapidly, super, super fast, and then really, really, really slow, and I'd kind of start to pass out, and then the heart would come back. And and I, I really felt like, and I thought I was, and was on, on death's door, and, and, and not able to do anything to stop it by the grace of god i did not die and they they detoxed me and I, I remember being you know having so much shame and embarrassment at the hospital and the nurses and doctors treated me like a piece of garbage that was there just another drug abuser that was taking up and wasting their time and when i left i started to think well i didn't die but i'm going to die no matter what i do i'm going to die and, and what's going to happen and how do i find the truth of the afterlife and and there has been so many people researching it you know alexander the great nearly conquered the whole world the romans were were educated and wrote stuff down you know the athenians were were philosophers and and plato and uh, socrates and aristotle and and you know the buddhists and the hindus and gandhi and 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 I started to really study. I uh, went to CNM, and I studied world religions. I studied philosophy. I studied sociology. I studied, and I read. I read tons and tons of books on my own. I, I, I was on a quest for truth and knowledge, and I thought for sure if I devoured enough books and if I looked hard enough, I, I would find it. And Kind of in my own vanity, I can do it. I can find it. And I would always mock the Christians when I studied about it, like, man, these guys are crazy. They think this one man and this is just too much. And I would mock, I had a friend who she was a Christian and she would try to witness to me and get me to church. And I'd laugh at her and I'd fight with her. And this is ridiculous, you guys are ridiculous. And uh, one night we were hanging out, kind of partying. I, I did, I mellowed out a lot, I stopped because I was so scared of a lot of what had happened but I was still drinking and smoking and my uh, my buddy at the time I was living with him and he mocked my little Buddha statue I had a little Buddha statue he was like, what is that what is that fat man I'll never forget so man that's Buddha Buddha's cool man he's you know he has a lot of good doctrines and the Buddhists are, are tough and strong and there's some some Buddhist monks that, and I, you know, going off and off and off, and and, uh, and he told me, man, it's about Jesus. And I was like, oh, goodness, you too, man, you too. And so we kind of got into a little argument, and he he wanted to fight about it, really, but I didn't. I, I didn't believe. So he goes, well, let's go tomorrow. It was a Saturday night. Let's go tomorrow. My dad has a church. Let's go tomorrow. I said, okay, I'll go with you tomorrow, but... When we're done with that, we're going to come back and I'm going to show you what I've learned in my books. So I thought I was already nearing and and developed an idea of what I believe to be the truth. So we went to the church and from the moment we rolled up, because I'm a big believer in energy. I have a lot of people that died uh, because they were gang members. They got shot or overdosed. I've seen a lot of dead bodies at a young age. And you can tell that there's something missing when you see a dead body. That energy has gone. You know, when you walk in, in, into a conversation with someone and, and you can feel something's wrong, like what happened? Why is she mad at me? Why is he mad at me? You know, you walk into a room and you can feel that they've been talking about you because that energy shifts. So there's, I, I've always been a big believer in energy. When we rolled up on this church, this overwhelming energy just took over me it was so bright, I could barely open my eyes, uh, We, I kind of just followed him into the church, and I just, overtaken by this energy, and, and I shook the preacher's hand, I couldn't even look him in the eye, and, and it, it was just so bright and so overtaken, and I sat down, and from the moment I walked in, I was weeping and crying, and really had no idea why, just weeping and crying, and and people would come and shake my hand. And during the whole service, I just felt so, like a, like a pull, like a tractor beam pulling me to the stage that the preacher was on. At this point, I had no idea about altar calls. I had no idea that at the end, there's gonna be an altar call and that they invite you to go up there and pray. I had no idea. I'd never been and never known. I just had this drive, this, this, this force pulling me, pushing me. Everything inside of me wanted me wanted to go pray on that stage while the guy is preaching, and I'm like, I can't go up there. This guy's preaching. That's crazy. Why would I go up there? And and at the end, there's an altar call, and oh my goodness, now he's inviting me, and I'm, I'm literally holding on to the bottom of my chair on both sides of my legs, underneath my my kind of my quads. I'm holding on to the bottom of the chair that I don't get up. And finally, when my friend says I got to go up there, so I stood up to let him out i was sitting by the aisle and he he then walked to the front and i followed him i followed him and i collapsed and and just cried out to god and yelling and screaming because all the anger and all the pain and all the the resentment i had towards my father towards my childhood towards the world towards the injustice of growing up as a single child all the rebellion all all the pain and just the resentment that i had seemed to be dissolving really in one moment's time and so i'm crying and i really don't know what's going on but i'm crying out to god i'm crying while that girl that i was my friend and i would fight with her she went to that church and she comes around and in love but still i think with a little bit of like yeah that's right attitude whispers in my ear you see joe this is Jesus. And I had no, I had no response. I didn't want to fight it. I didn't really care at the time what it was. I just wanted more. And i was weeping and crying and hollering at the top of my voice, just letting it out. And they asked me, do you want to invite Jesus into your life? Absolutely. Yes, 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 whatever it is. Yes. And I left there different. I left there a different person, and and I didn't want to be the same man. I didn't want to sin. I didn't want to party. I didn't want to do the things that I found, you know, that were okay in my life. So that's that was my that was my initial introduction to the Lord and my Savior Jesus.
0: Yeah. So I want to bring up an interesting topic with you, cause. Yeah, you were in drugs and alcohol and everything, but you turned your 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 life around. You turned your back on the world and went to Jesus. What was the initial reaction of your other peers that were still living in sin?
1: Well, salvation—it's—it's it's funny because everyone says salvation is free, and it—it it, it really isn't you don't have to pay for it with with dollars and cents or or rubies and gold absolutely that's not what jesus requires but salvation isn't free it costs you and initially right away it's going to cost you friends and it's going to cost you family members and it's going to cost you time and it's going to cost you hobbies it's going to cost you things that you used to love to do before those things you're going to have to give up and my friends you know A lot of them just went away they don't want to hear it a lot of them just laughed at me and said okay we'll see how you know if you if if he stays there my family members were angry a lot of jehovah witnesses turned their back on me and didn't want to hear it and still to this day i haven't talked to many of my cousins that i was very close with just because they're not allowed to speak to me because they're jehovah witness but you know at the end it's about him and he said if you you know if you love if you love them more than me then you're not worthy of me you know that whoever loves son and daughter and wife and mother more than me isn't worthy of me so it it, it right now I don't have any of those friends you know I'm, I'm i I have a few friends that I speak to that are men of God and women of God but that's it that's good. So
0: I want to bring an interesting topic with you. Is what? How should we look out for false prophets, false teachers? Because on media they're saying teachings about still living in sin, but this is you. can still be free. Just say forgive me, then go back to your sins. So what is your like ways to look out for false prophets?
1: well really? the only way you're going to know truth is by knowing Him. He says He's the truth. And and John, in the in the first book of John, it says that He was the Word and the Word was Him in the beginning, right? It's, it's the Bible. And you can't just know a part of the Bible or a portion of the Bible or certain scriptures of the Bible. You have to know the Bible inside and out, right? My least favorite manipulation of the bible is this doctrine of i could do all things through christ who strengthens me right they took that one scripture and they they made it into bumper stickers into t-shirts and they peddle it to the masses to say you can live your best life and you can fulfill your dreams because you can do all things through christ who strengthens you and that wasn't the case. That's not the case at all in the Bible. In the Bible, he's talking about being in prison and, and being hungry, but still being satisfied and being poor, but still being okay and being imprisoned, but still being free and, and being exhausted, but still having energy because Paul was, was fighting and doing the ministries. <clears throat> and, and that's what he was saying. When, when I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, So right now, and especially in America, the American gospel has been manipulated and perverted to fill pews, to fill super churches. They built these humongous buildings and they have to pay the lights, the land tax, the people who are working there full time. You can look at job sites and they hire Worship leaders, choir directors, youth pastors for fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars a year, and they got to come up with the, that money to 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 pay these people to be full time. And which you know, praise God, if 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 you're walking with God and and God opens up a door and you can work for Him full time, that's an amazing thing. But God didn't die on the cross—a gruesome death for us to stack bank accounts and 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 fill garages with new cars that wasn't the point so if you're the only way to know if your preacher's preaching the truth is by knowing your word knowing your bible my first preacher used to say do you go home and read the scriptures and check my preaching do you go home and make sure and go over everything that we just went over to make sure that the preacher is actually delivering gospel truths. You know, a lot of people follow the preacher. We don't, you shouldn't worship your preacher. The preacher's there to to give leadership and guidance and the preacher's there because God gives him messages. But you, we are sheep and Jesus is the shepherd. So if you're really gonna know whether you're getting false doctrine, the only way to know is, is by studying and, and being engulfed in the word.
0: Yeah, so like, so I, when you, when pastor or preacher is reading, you follow along with them to see the meaning behind it as well. Because some people don't necessarily follow the word, because it's just trusting the word that uh, the preacher is saying. And for this concept, it's the same thing. Because people say, oh, yeah. I hear this. I hear this. It's it's true, but they don't necessarily read the what they're saying. So to to you, when was the first? Since you you brought up when you first felt his hand upon you when you went to your friend's church, right? Right. So for me, when I I first felt his hand was when I had the highest speeching disability when I was about in elementary where I could speak good, but when we went to this church i the past my parents asked the pastor to pray for me, and after that I found his holy presence and it took me down so when since since i since that happened I I always want to proclaim his word because he done so much for me in my life. And I wanted to show other people the way he is because he's just the truth, the way, and the light, like the Bible says. So the question I'm trying to ask you is that how, how much times... Were you like, should I do this or should I not do this when you wanted to stand up and be used by God?
1: How many times did I have decisions placed before me? Yes. Well, I think the thing about it is that God chooses. You know, there... Paul Washer is a great man of God and I appreciate him because he's the first one to say there are no great men of God. There was only one great of God and that was Jesus. He came down and he, he was fully man and he was a great man of God. The rest of us are not great men of God to stand up and to say, oh well. I decide to choose, I decide to, and so therefore I am, is a form of vanity. For us, it's more like, I'm a sinner and I know it. I am one of the worst, the the chief sinner is what Paul called himself. And yet, God has chosen to show me his truths and God has chosen to show me his grace and God has chosen to change me and God has chosen so in my life i mean that's a daily deal right my big deal my big struggles that i have are are daily you know the enemy attacks my body's lazy, The battle rages, you know, it's, I'm, I'm involved in, in, in a ministry, the English ministry at a Spanish church, and it's, it's something that it's hard to explain, because for years, I sat in the pews, and I watched the preacher, and I was brought up, trained by my initial preacher to be a preacher, and they, they showed me, and they taught me, and they molded me, knowing that God and seeing the anointing that god had worked for me ministry for me and for years you sit there and you think you can do it you can do it you can do it and then when you arrive at the actual work it's so difficult and i can absolutely understand why people lay it down and quit and 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 turn their back on the work that god has given them because i've wanted to many a times but i think that the decisions come every day. Every day when I wake up, I say, okay, Jesus, today, I want to give you today. Today, I'm not going to smoke weed today. I'm not going to cuss today. I'm not going to watch pornography today. I'm not going to look at other women and lust in my heart today. I'm not going to be lazy today. Today, just today, Lord. Just today. I just, I just got to win today. I just gotta win today. I don't have to worry about tomorrow. I don't have to think about my whole life. I don't have to think about what happened just today. And then the day goes by and I'm in prayer and I listen to to sermons on the radio or on uh, YouTube or these podcasts, you know, different men of God that I know are actually walking with God and and then the day comes to an end and I, I pray and I say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for, for carrying me through. Thank you for giving me all that I needed for today. And then tomorrow, the next day comes along and okay, Lord, and I wake up today. Okay, Lord, today. So I think the decisions, especially if you're involved in work, especially if you're in ministry, especially if you do anything for God, <clears throat> the 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 battle rages, the Bible says. The the enemy looks to devour. The, we are not playing patty cake, we're playing, we are fighting an eternal war, and, and the decisions come every day. And, we, and, and to be honest, <clears throat> you're not gonna be perfect. I'm not gonna be perfect. You know, if we get angry, if we, if we fight with our parents or our spouses, if we do something that's not right, we better fall on our faces, repent, and And beg forgiveness and 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 get up and 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 try again and try harder because the Bible says, the righteous man falleth seven times. The one who wants to do right falls seven times.
0: So when you speak of false like we are our sinners, we are born into the world' as sinners, but it takes true recognition when you sin to go back to God. It's kind of, it's kind of like the particle of sun. When he left his father and betrayed his father and went up to spend his money, then he came back. The father had locked him with open arms. So that's kind of like Jesus. He He's still there. There's a time where he won't be there no more. There's a time where he will close the doors. Because right now he's knocking at your door, trying trying to get in trying to let you he let you let him in into your life into your heart but if you if you don't there'll be a time coming soon and where you won't able to have that grace to his grace his
1: spirit with you because it'll be too late well, and I think that if you look in the Bible, You know, you look at Samson and Delilah, you know, Samson was a a great strength, a great power who knew God and because he failed, he was then made to be a laughing stock, a show, like a, a a clown basically. And they, they had him there for, for show and, and he came back around and told God, give me one more, one more time one be with me one more time so I can kill these Palestinians and and he did he died with them there. You know I think about Moses and leading the people out of Egypt, leading the people through the 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 sea and walk on dry land, leading the people and so many times they they mocked God, they they tempted God falsely and eventually God said, Fine Moses you and and the other adults they're not going to go in you're going to walk the desert for 40 years until they die and then Joshua will lead the young people in into the promised land you know and and they had their chances and chances and chances and, and they didn't get to the promised land and God didn't kill them he had mercy on them he didn't kill them with fire or pestilence a plague and he had mercy and let them live out their lives naturally you know, and, and it's hard because we know that Jesus is merciful and Jesus is gracious and Jesus gave his life for you and me and that he's there and he's the God of second chances and third chances and he continues to knock on the door and he continues to pick you up and he continues to allow error. But eventually the thing is that what about now in this life? You know, if God's calling you, he's god doesn't save you because you're special god saves you to use you as a worker to help his his kingdom and, and to enhance the kingdom and to work as a, as a harvester and to be the light and darkness we get so caught up in ourselves that we think that god's just gonna save me because i'm me and of course he wants me because i am special my mom's been telling me that since i was little but that's not the case we're not special. We're all imperfect. And God wants to use you and give you ministry and so you can help a teenager or a young person, a 12-year-old or an 8-year-old or a 9-year-old. I just heard today that one of the young people that I knew when I first got saved, he was maybe seven or eight years old when I first got saved. And, and I helped minister to him and his mom, but then his mom fell back into drugs. And then as he got older, he got into drugs. And then he smoked some spice that was laced with some stuff. And he got kind of whacked out in the head and started doing all kinds of drugs and drinking. And now he's maybe 18, 19 at the most, 20 years old. And I just heard today that the doctors have given him six months to live. He's going to die. And I, and I love that kid. And he's going to die. And, and he's not right with God. So, you know, unless he takes advantage of this time and gets right with God, he's, he's bound for hell. And and this might be his last chance at heaven, but even if he does get right with God, he missed out on a lifetime of service for Jesus. And it's such a beautiful thing to give your life to Jesus, not just to be saved and to know him, but to be able to look back and say, man, in this last year, I've, I've done something for him. You know, so it's it's much more than just life and death and heaven and hell it's what did you do with your time here and how will it be reflected on in eternity when we're looking back and for forever so I you mention hell and
0: heaven because hell and heaven are real places some people don't believe that hell and heaven exist some people don't, don't believe that Jesus exists but they still use his name in vain if they didn't believe in Jesus, why they they still use his name? Because as saw, I saw this, that why don't they use Buddha's name in vain or Muhammad Mah, name in vain? Why is it always Jesus, Jesus? Because the enemy knows there's a little time left. And he wants to grab as many people as he can and drag them along with him. Because hell was never meant for us. It was meant for the devil, the devil and his demons. So, because what is your opinion on that? Because people know Jesus exists, but they still don't want to go to Him.
1: Yeah, you know, it's I've heard that before. Why, why, why do they never use Muhammad's name in vain, or why do they never use Buddha's name in vain? And, and that's because the the enemy has. The devil has one adversary, and that's truth and light, and that's Jesus. You know, it's there's an old saying by soldiers who I never served in the military, but I've heard old veterans, combat veterans, who've come back from Iraq or Afghanistan. Or, you know, when I was little, it was Vietnam and, and places like that, the old war, World War II heads, who most of them have already passed on to the other side, and they've all said there's no such thing as an atheist in a foxhole, right, when they're they're getting shot at, when you're in combat, when you're, every second could be your last second, then you believe, then you're praying, you know, so I think a lot of that is... Is privilege, right? We're 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 spoiled, you know. We have so much, we have so much food. We go to grocery stores and they're just overflowing with food, you know. They're throwing food away, you know. If if you want to see people throw food away, spend one day in the back of a restaurant and see how much food we throw away. You know, we, we flush our toilets with drinking water. You know, one of my heroes, Leonard Ravenhill, used to say that. They're, the, the you know, poor people are walking to the river to get water to use for the day. And we have clean drinking water. The same water that comes out of your faucet in the kitchen. It's the same water that's filling up your toilet. We're literally flushing our toilets with, with drinking water. And so we have such privileged and spoiled we're so spoiled that we we say oh well i don't believe that i don't believe in heaven and hell no and and god is good and if god loves us so much then then everyone's just gonna go to heaven jesus died for me so i went to one service one time and i raised my hand when they asked who wants to go to heaven and so i'm going to heaven and that's the thing is that we we offer people heaven we don't offer people christ we don't offer people Jesus. We don't tell them, die to self, deny yourself, die to sin, turn your back on sin, repent from your shortcomings, and seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness. You know, we, we don't preach that anymore. We don't preach there's a hell that burns with fire, and Jesus told us from his very mouth that there will be darkness and gnashing of teeth. And there'll be wailing and sorrow forever and ever. We don't preach that because we want to have full pews and we want to have a nice little time and we want to go and see a little concert and hear, hear a little sermonette and, and and be on our way. There's one thing that came to my mind while you were asking the question. Uh, Bachman, I believe his name is Bachman. David Bachman, I believe his name is. He's a preacher and. Uh, he he said something that I found very interesting he says isn't it amazing that these people live their lives their entire lives and they want nothing to do with god they hear the they hear the gospel they they see the people on the street corners they hear messages like these podcasts and they want nothing to do with God but yet they die and at their funeral everyone's like well he went on to be a better place he went to be with god when this person wanted nothing to do with god so then why when he dies or when she dies we say oh well he went to be with god but she want he or she wanted nothing to do with god and then all of a sudden oh well they went to a place where there's no suffering and there's it's all gonna be just fine we choose i said this on my last sermon it's it's an old that's an old saying from like 1900s God never sent anybody to hell God has not sent anybody to hell we choose we choose in this lifetime whether we want to live with God for God and in when we die and we go over we receive our reward and if that reward is heaven because we chose him or, re- or the reward is hell because we denied him but we make that choice and, and he has paid the price. He has sacrificed his son. He has lifted up the worst of the worst sinners to show his strength. He has lifted up families. He has lifted up s- churches and men and women of God that know him. He has lifted up and he has done all that. He has shown miracles. He has done all that he needs to a hundred times over. And now it's it's the ball is in our court. Whether we want to choose him, or choose the world ourselves, our own fleshly desires, and we will reap the repercussions.
0: So, two more questions. So, why do you Why do you think that when something bad happens to a person, they're like, "Why God? Why God? Why me?" If they don't believe in God in the first place. The second one is that. Like you were saying, when someone dies, say people say, "All oh, they with God," and and first of all, they had nothing to do with God. But in some funerals, they say, "He did this. He did this." Things don't the things you do on earth don't determine where you going up into heaven or not.
1: Right. Yeah, it's not by works. You know, you can volunteer your time and donate you know money and go help a hundred little ladies across the street or build an orphanage and foster care you can do all these things but that's not how you acquire and come into salvation salvation was was architect God was the architect of salvation and it was fulfilled and completed by Jesus on Calvary's hill on the cross but it wasn't completed to its entirety until three days later when he was resurrected you see we can't get hung up on just the fact that he died yeah that's a big huge deal because he paid the price but none of it means really anything unless he's resurrected we don't we don't serve you know a statue you know these people that that pray to their statues and pray to their idols whether it be buddha or the hindus or or the catholics that pray to mary we don't pray to statues and figurines and dolls we pray to a living god who sits on the right hand of of the creator of all things who is mighty and holy so you can't work your way in it's about coming to his feet and asking him into your heart and seeking him and changing who you are by his hand by his conviction through the Holy Spirit by the Bible that teaches you and molds you um so there's there's no way of working in I forget your first question what was the first question
0: why the people always say why me
1: Uh, why me God Mm -hmm. well again why not you we think we're so special we're so vain we're so arrogant especially this generation why why would bad things not happen to you who are you why are you special why do you think that you are supposed to be exempt from this world that you're in we anyone who's born into this world is born into sin we, we're, we're sinners you you can see babies that throw fits they can't walk they can't talk but they throw fits they yell and scream they're angry they, they want what they want when they want it, and they're just mad, and and it goes all the way through, you know, 50, 60-year-old people who are are angry and mad and, and, and sinners, you know, it's not God's issue, the issue is that we're a fallen race, we're a fallen cr- creation creature, we are not we are not dealing with the God. God's not the problem. We we were the problem. The sin is the problem, and and Jesus p- provided the remedy. He's the balm to the to the hurt and the pain that's in our spirit. You know, if you burn your hand, they put they give you a little balm to give you a little a little salve or something something that will the put over so it takes away that pain well that pain that you feel inside your soul Jesus is the answer Jesus is the remedy and and so bad things are going to happen but the good news is that God's already provided the answer God's already provided the medicine God's already provided the remedy and that's why he's worthy to be praised and exalted and thanked and worshiped and and worthy for him for you to live your life for him.
0: Okay. Do you have any questions for me before we wrap it, wrap this
1: up? You know, it's pretty interesting to me how old are you? 18. 18. You know, you're you're 18. Um, you know, you spoke a little bit about your 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 difficulties that you've had with your speech and and looking around it's not a lot of there's not a lot of young people that want God or or think about God and I just think about sometimes like wh- what do you feel being 18 and looking around and and seeing your generation of young people like how do you feel do you do you feel outnumbered do you feel hope for your generation like just looking around, what what do you think about the the, the young people in the world right now? Oh, what well, I feel when I look
0: around is sadness, cause it, wherever you look, it, it's just sin after sin after sin. When you going to the path, bathrooms in school, you see kids smoking, using vapes. You see you see homosexuality everywhere. You see you see you see lust. You hear about people talking about that this girl, this guy, is pure lust. And being a Christian, you're gonna speak up but also you don't wanna, like provoke them and make them hate you, but if they hate you, you remember that Jesus they hated Jesus first before they hated you. Amen.
1: Uh so not too many questions. I just, you know, I'm, I'm very glad to have been here with you. I'm uh, very proud of you that you've started this, that you've been steady, uh, that you've been in prayer, that you deliver Bible. You know, I, I, I like the podcast. I'm, I'm a fan of the podcast. And I would just encourage you to stay in prayer and, you know, allow the Lord to continue to use you. You know, even if it's one person, you know, it's, it's, it's worth it. So I would just, you know, thank you once again and and reiterate that I'm proud of you and I'm excited for what God is doing in your life and, and how he's going to use this as a tool.
0: Before we wrap this up, do you have any advice for people that are struggling with drugs, alcohol?
1: You know, the drugs and the alcohol, that's not the problem. The problem is why are you doing the drugs and the alcohol? What is it that you're trying to cover up? What is it that you're trying to remove? What's the feeling that you're tired of feeling? For me, I had a lot of anger or a lot of sadness or a lot of bitterness. So I smoked weed every day. Every day. Or and and I would drink, you know, on the weekends and party or whatever but but I, I would drown myself in marijuana. I couldn't I couldn't be sober. And now it's been years and years since I've I've smoked it. and it's not, you don't want to go by to say, okay, I need to stop smoking. Well, but why are you smoking? Well, I need to stop doing drugs. I need to stop vaping. I need to stop drinking. Okay, but why are you doing that in the first place? You got to be brave enough to look deep inside and have the Lord show you. Pray to him. Jesus, if you're real, come into my life and show me. Show me that you're real. Prove yourself to me. Jesus isn't afraid of you. Jesus is not a not a and going to walk away or, or step down from your challenges. Jesus is not this weeping, crying man on the cross. He's a mighty, holy, victorious warrior who set on coming back to destroy the enemies of his father. He has his... He rides on a white horse and has on his leg written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's eternal and forever. He's supernatural, super powerful. He's the most amazing, undefeated, undisputed champion of eternity. He's a mighty, holy, righteous God. And in Revelation says he wars. He wars against his enemies. He wars against those that come against his people. Jesus is mighty and powerful. If you want to truly know God, he's not going to run away from your challenge if you fall on your face and say jesus if this is true if this is real somehow some way prove yourself he'll very easily show us little worms of dust that go back to the earth exactly his holiness and his power so use that amazing mercy and grace that he has for you to find out what's going on inside I have I have people reach out to me every day. Every day a teenager reaches out to me. They're depressed. They're suicidal. They're sad. They don't want to be here anymore. They don't know what to do. They're so alone. And the thing about it is the systems, the Instagrams and, and the Snapchats, the, the, these things are coming out, whistleblowers of people that work for Facebook that pretty much buys up all these social medias that they're building it that way they want people to feel like that because when you feel like that you you buy more stuff because when you buy more stuff it makes you feel better so they're literally manipulating your brain and your emotions so it's if you want to be alive again, you have to put down the social media and you have to pick up the Bible and you have to get on your face and pray and you have to ask Jesus to help you. There's not a man on this earth that's living that can truly help you. The only one that can help you is Jesus. And if you're struggling with substance abuse with alcohol, with with weed, with cocaine, with sex outside of marriage, you're addicted to sex, you're lusting, you're you're lazy, you're you're suicidal, you have all these things that are going on that are really attacking our young people and the people of our of our world right now. The only thing, the only chance, the only hope you have is if you get into the Bible, ask God into your life. Repent from your sins. Tell them I'm sorry. And every day, get up and try to be what God wants you to be. All right, I'm going to wrap this up.
0: Thank you, God, for another day, Father Lord. Thank you for allowing us to be here, Father Lord, to, to speak to people, Father Lord. May this reach people that are struggling with this, Father Lord. Say angels to protect our families, Father, Lord, to protect our families, Father, Lord. Say, angels, to protect us during when we sleep, Father, Lord. Father, Lord, use us to bring more people to you, Father, Lord, so they can be saved, Father, Lord. Thank you for all protecting us, Father, Lord, throughout the day, throughout the night, Father, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you for having me. But that, guys, is going to be wrapped up. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search up Bible Talk Podcast and you'll find it. Well, guys, have a good night. God bless and see you next time.